Now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Live from the Old National Bank State Street Studio, this is WMVP WSAG HD2, Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Welcome to The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief. Brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. Ready for the power play? You're listening to The Hockey Show on ESPN Chicago. to the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Barstool Chief. I am Pat Boyle. Hawks back in action tonight. They'll host Seattle. They've won three in a row, Chief, without their best player, one Patrick Kane. Hottest team in the league. Hottest team in the league. They better be, they better be careful. Well, Seattle is. They've won seven straight. <laughs> Seattle's just good. I watched them play the Bruins the I other night. They're first just... regulation loss at home for the Bruins is given to them by the Kraken. Matty Bernier's is unbelievable. The Kraken, they play like a, just a solid team game. They don't really have any stars unless you can consider uh, uh, Bernier as a star at this point, but they're just a fun, solid, they just roll four lines at you. It almost sneaky reminds you of Vegas, their first year when yeah. they went all the way to the cup with these kind of cast offs and they added Burisovsky. They're a fun team. It's one of those things. I look for signs of hope and quick turnarounds and things like that. So the Hawks, you know, someday in the future can, you can have something to hold on to. Seattle would be an example. Of that. All right. So you saw some hope yeah. chief this week. You, you, you saw Lucas Reichel with a breakout game. You saw him stack two together where you're like, okay, hold on. This is a that's, guy. That's why. He was selected 17th Mm -hmm. or 18th overall. Like, he looked like a gifted... His his first NHL goal had so many elements to it that you're like, you know, the the spinorama backhand back to Seth, Mm -hmm. go to the net, redirection, and then follows it up. I think he kind of whiffed on the... Uh, on the putback, but whatever, it's still, it, it counts. It, yeah, it counts. Yeah. But it was he was all in the he was in yeah. the right places, mm-hmm. doing the right things, and then he, you know his skating. You could just tell he was confident, skating in his brain. You know, yes. he was creating space, he was creating chances. The the wheels are obviously there, the skill sets there. You you need guys who can think the game and and create offense just by be, knowing where to be. And creating space for your teammates, and he certainly did all of that in, uh, in his latest audition. It was it was it was encouraging to see because you're trying to, you know, he's he's the guy right now, right? He's the closest young player that you hope can, you can pencil into your, you know, hopefully top six on a good team, and and he certainly looked the part recently. He was sent back to Rockford yesterday, so you will not Ooh. see him tonight. <laughs> we'll get more into that later because we got uh, just a lot to unpack on yeah. this show. And uh, th- that means that it looks like Patrick Kane will return to the lineup against Seattle after missing the last three games with a lower body injury. It's been reported that it's the same nagging injury he's been dealing with the last couple years, uh, the, the hip issue. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, 
Look, Patrick doesn't miss a lot of games. He's missed eight in the last eight years. And yeah. four of those were because of COVID. So, like, the, the bottom line is he doesn't miss. Yeah, the, the last thing was his uh, the collarbone in 15. Yes. Which was the best collarbone break of all time. Because it created a little cap space wiggle room to go get Vermette and make a deep cup run. And, yeah, so that was the last notable time that he missed with an actual injury uh, until this hip. And, it's and you know... It, the way that he talks and the way that, you know, it seems like some of the messaging, they're going to be a little bit cautious. It's just, and I, and I, I tweeted this out the other day. We're about, as, as of right now, I think we're about 47 or 48 days away from the deadline. You know, so he, he misses a few games against, you know, missed the Colorado game. It just like, it hurts because it's like there's only so many games between now and then anyways. And it's like I'm not as, as miserable as this year has been. Uh, as a fan, and, and probably for him too, I, I still want to see him as many times as possible. I'm going to make a point to go to the UC to see him before the deadline, and I, and I hope he's healthy and able to play and, and, and go out playing the hockey that he wants to kind of play and that, that we all have become accustomed to and, right. and love. Mean, so far, the numbers have you know not been typical Patrick Kane numbers. He's mm-hmm. been a point-per-game guy the last few years. Uh, to, to me, you know, 2016 was his best year, his MVP season with Panarin. Uh, to me, he he has shown no signs of slowing down until you look at numbers this year. Now, I also look at the team he's on yeah. and the power play he's on mm-hmm. and not having to bring it like he had uh, the last couple of years. And, yep. and, and that being a, uh, a direct impact on his on his numbers. But I also wonder how this... This nagging injury, for lack of a better term, is is going to affect his trade value, what he can produce, and what the Blackhawks can do with him. So, you know, I had the opportunity to to sit down with Patrick Kane this past week. You don't get many opportunities to talk to 88. And, um, you know, there was a lot to get to, and, and we got to all of it. I started with the injury to you know, and, you know, there was some speculation um, Elliot Friedman, north of the border on Hockey Night in Canada, mm-hmm. uh, talked about, you know, worst case scenario and a hypothetical if if it's something that is it's going to prevent him from finishing out the season. Maybe he signs a one year deal with the Blackhawks. They shut him down. Yep. He has a procedure to clean up whatever's going on there. It takes six months to rehab, but he starts the clock almost yeah right away and we go through this whole thing of breaking up a year again a year from now. that is my specialty the long prolonged long, breakups that's like you? that's like caner's last gift to me <laughs> is just putting me through like a, a two-year long breakup so shout out to caner if that's the plan because a I, will tats, feel, yo, I will feel right at home in that scenario <laughs> just get well, just, like, it's the old seinfeld you just tip over that refrigerator rock it back and forth before you knock it over so i'll do another year of this all right well we'll get yeah. into that so but everybody wants to know about his his future and then that was you know, obviously a major part of our conversation. And so, you know, here's Kane uh, with the ongoing process of deciding whether he wants to be traded this season. I asked him, how challenging is it to stay in the moment when so many people are asking you about the future? I think every day is different. If it's a game day and you're getting ready for a game and... You know, you're on the ice playing. I think it's easy to to stay in the moment. If it's uh, you know a couple of days off in between games, you see some different things here or there. Or someone sends you something. It's like 
you know, it's right in front of you. It's hard not to think about it. You know, here we are. It's a new year. We're less than two months away from the trade deadline. Have have you and Pat Burson, uh sat down with Kyle yet? And have you had that conversation? I think we checked in with Kyle um, right before Christmas, but really nothing to report right now. Just kind of like, <clears throat> you know, initiating conversation and seeing where each other is at. Um, and I don't think there was really much to report on those conversations yet. So, you know, keep talking with Pat and just um, have those conversations, see how things are going, and uh, um, probably check in with Kyle at some point soon. I'm sure. I'm sure of that. Do you talk to Taves a lot about the situations you guys are in in the future? Yeah, I wouldn't say a lot, um, but you know, every now and then we'll check in with each other and kind of see where we're at. So. Uh, you know, it's different, right? It's uh, you've very fortunate and uh, um, blessed to play with one team for 15, 16 years, whatever it's been, and uh, not many guys do that. So um, I know that uh, it's a different situation here in Chicago, and they kind of want to build up their prospect pool. And, um, you know, they, they've used that term, rebuild, and uh, we'll kind of see where we fit into that, or if not, so I'm sure with that, that's what those discussions are all about. You've had some teammates get honored by the team uh, in the last few years, Hosa just this past mm-hmm. season. Uh, when, you, when you watch like Hosa and you see him kind of go through that night, does any part of you go, I'm going to have that day, I'm going to have that night some night here at the United Center? Um, not really, I don't think so. Um, I think maybe you think about like who's next, who's, who's – uh, Who's the guy that's going to be in that situation next? So it'll be fun to see, like, Dunks and, uh, you know, hopefully all those guys get their numbers retired. They're obviously very deserving. But, um, uh, yeah, just kind of I think uh, sometimes you see that you want to push it off as far as possible and make sure that, you know, you're playing as long as possible too and, and uh, enjoying the time while you're playing too. The last time your, your contract was nearing an end, the decision was – was all about you. This time, you've got Amanda, you've got a family yeah. here. Um, how, how does how does that feel? She's great too. She's like you know wherever wherever you go, we're going to. So you know whatever you want to do, um, uh, whatever makes you happy. And I think that's uh, that's always cool to hear. It's not like you know I'm making the t- decision to go somewhere because, you know, they want to be in warm weather or they want to be somewhere different or or they want to stay. You know, it's like, um, uh, it seems like it's up to me, this decision. So that's, uh, that's obviously good to hear from her. That was Patrick Kane this week in a sit-down interview I had with him. Uh, you can see the whole thing on the Blackhawks Talk podcast. Uh, you're up for prolonged breakups. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you heard that last bit of sound... It, yeah. it sounds like he, his bags are might be already packed. Yeah, I mean, call the movers, house on Zillow, the whole thing. So it, it's, yeah, it, look, ultimately he, he should do whatever he wants. If he wants out of here and, and look, if someone's offering a second-round pick and he wants to go there and someone else is offering two firsts, I think the Blackhawks are obligated just to take that second-round pick and say, hey, Patrick, thank you very much for all your service. Go enjoy the last couple months of this uh uh, this deal because he has earned it. I I want him here. You know, it's like I, I fantasize about you know some kind of 
run in the future with a Bedard and Kane, and he's he's wearing the C, and it's and they get back in the in the mix because I think he's going to be good for a long time. And you look around the league at, you know, not not everybody that changes addresses gets to be Ray Bork or gets to be Tom Brady. It's not, you know, the grass is not always greener, so to speak. Correct. And, uh, and you know, it'd be interesting to see if how this next, you know, 48 days plays out if he's, if he isn't healthy and they do want to do the thing where they shut him down. It's like, let's wait and see if we, if you get Bedard, because then I do think that that kind of changes the scenario. And then who knows? Maybe you go out and, you know, See what the Brinkett's up to, and just get you know he's a get free agent. Back together. They're going to have a, a ton of money, and uh, you know I think that there's some you can start realistically adding to this group for the future, and, and maybe make it a little bit more attractive. They got a treasure trove of uh, picks anyway, so it's just about if you get your true superstar, it's just about building around him. So this this lottery is really where it, where it's at, and if Kane wants to wait and see how that lottery plays out, then I'm fine with that too. Folks, this is what it's like riding the emotional roller coaster <laughs> that is Barstool Chief. One minute, he's, yeah. he's, he's melancholy because he thinks Patrick Kane is playing his final games at the United Center. Yeah. Next thing, he's ready to be a buyer at the trade deadline. And you wrote a blog about mm-hmm. that. We'll get to that coming up. Uh, you've got some interesting ideas, as you always do. And you mentioned Connor Bedard and how that could change, you know, Patrick Kane's thoughts on mm-hmm. staying or leaving. Yep. And I talked to him about that. And let's just say he gushed about Connor Bedard. That's coming up next. It's the Hockey Show. Just getting started. And we are presented by the Chicago Wolves. The Wolves hit the road tonight. They kick off a season-long six-game road trip in Grand Rapids. Then it's on to Manitoba. Ooh, it's going to be chilly in Manitoba, but you finish up the road trip in Tucson. Next home game for the Wolves is January 28th against Rockford. More of the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 coming up after this. The Hockey Show. Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Listen on the ESPN Chicago app from anywhere. The Hockey Show on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. show on ESPN 1000 with Barstool Chief. I am Pat Boyle. Hawks back in action tonight. They host Seattle. 7 o'clock puck drop, so 6.30 pregame show on NBC Sports Chicago. Thanks for uh, listening to us on the ESPN Chicago app. Always appreciate that. That's where you can uh, find the podcast that uh, our great producer Kendra Smith puts up each and every week. All right, you wrote a blog Mm -hmm. earlier in the week. And uh, I'll be honest, when I clicked on it, I, I was I was smiling a little <laughs> and like shaking my head going, really? Really? He wants to be a buyer at the deadline. For, for one specific person. Yes. For one specific player. It's Jacob Chikrin. And Jacob Chikrin is a bona fide top four defenseman. He plays for Arizona. Uh, there are some injury issues, but he, he's a rock solid. He's a first round pick. Um and he has he has probably exceeded expectations on draft night because he slid a little bit on draft night. But workout horse related to, to Luke Richardson. It's, uh, Luke Richardson is his uncle. And Arizona, like that, has been an ongoing saga. And I think it was Pierre Lebrun wrote an article saying that maybe that price tag is softening a little bit uh, because they're they're ready to move on. He signed for two more years after this year at four point six million. 
the black they've asked for two first round picks and a prospect. So let's say that softens a little bit. Can you give them Tampa Tampa's pick this year and another pick and maybe one of the Hawks have I don't know six seven defensemen uh, that are highly regarded. So cobble together some kind of a package and it's like you know what now we have Korchinski Jones and Chikrin as three quarters of our top four. And that's actually pretty good, and and you're going to need some help actually getting up to the top four. And if you're concerned about all the draft picks or the draft pick capital that you're losing and getting Chikrin, well, odds are whoever you're drafting probably not going to be as good of a player as Chikrin. Just that's just you know how the draft goes. And then you're also still going to be offloading guys this year. So if it's Lafferty or it's McCabe or if Stalock. it's Staylock, whoever, you're going to be getting. Domi, Anthony Cio, there's a chance that you get another first-round pick. You're probably getting multiple seconds uh, for some of these players. And your assets, these draft prospects that are currently in your in your pool, these defensemen, they're never going to be more valuable, really, than they are right now. While, while, while everyone's like, ooh, he looks nice, but they haven't seen him up close. They know that he's progressing in whatever league he's in. Could you s- sell the, the promise of one of these young kids as the prospect, plus the picks, recoup some picks. You don't really lose anything from where you are right now, and you also get like a, a legitimate top four defenseman for the future. I think that that's a pretty pretty enticing plan. What do you think Jacob Chikrin's ceiling is? Is is he a two on a good team? What 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 is his? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I think he's a guy that you want to play twenty twenty four minutes a night. Uh, he he can move the puck pretty well. So he could be a guy that could play, uh, you know, he could play either side. So you can play him with Jones. Theoretically, in the future, you could play him with Korchinski. Uh, he, he's he's a very he's a he's a two hundred foot player. You can play him on your power play. Uh, there's been some question about how good is he defensively. I, I'm not like a, an expert. I'm not a scout. He looks pretty pretty solid to me, and he competes really hard, and he moves the puck well. I really like his game. Um, so uh, to me. And he's 24. Yeah, you know? and that's, so, the, I, I love the, the age because, right. you know, defensemen usually take longer to develop. Mm-hmm. So he's already a good player at 24. Totally. His prime is 27, 28, yep. that area there. So that's his next contract when he's probably going to be a $9 million, $8 million a year guy. Something like that. Probably probably in that $8 million range, I would assume, yeah. based upon it. But, you know, the cap's going up, and, and the Hawks have a ton of money coming off the books. They're going to be in a position where it's like, I hope that they can reach the uh, the salary floor. floor. Okay, because they, they just don't. You remove the 21 for Taves and Kane, and then you just have a bunch of RFAs and, and expiring contracts like, you you might be able to do some a lot of deals next year for like the Domi types, but most of your team is going to be on these cheaper, shorter, sometimes entry level deals. I, I'm in on on a possible Chikrin acquisition if I get Bedard because Bedard expedites totally the rebuild process. But it, you won't it, know. You won't know. Right. Yeah. I suppose you could still do that that deal on draft day, but. It, but if then, they don't move them, yeah, you know, if they don't move them, right? If they don't move them, which and, it's, and you said, LeBron said the 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 asking price is is what now? It's originally it had been, or you know, because this has been an ongoing thing right. for over a year, maybe maybe longer than that, um, where it was two first plus, and I think that that's steep, 
And uh, so it's at minimum they're going to back down to a first and and a prospect or, or a or first and a second or first something. and a third. Which and if you look at what uh, Arizona has in the cupboard in terms of prospects coming, it's not much. They could probably use the help, and they don't have this. They didn't have it to bring it to trade, you know. So they don't have like this or a dock where they have this uh, these multiple picks coming uh, because they tra- offloaded some of these assets. Their assets are. Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz, and that's kind of the core of their team right now. So I'm sure that they would love to add quality play, quality picks, even if it is at the end of the first round, like that Tampa pick, um, which you know the Hawks have the 2023 Tampa pick, they have the 2024 Tampa pick. I think there's a very good chance they acquire another one between now and the deadline. Or, uh, yeah, I don't disagree so, with that. So how many first round picks do you really need? You had well, three last year. Yeah. Hey, here's the thing. If for some reason they fall out of the top three, I don't see a team in the top three with the presume it going Bedard, Fantilli, and Carlson. Carlson. I don't see any team making a deal to let you. You know, no if, if you're if you're four or five or whatever, so packaging mm-hmm. uh, your your number ones to move up a spot or what have you. I I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe so, I'm wrong on no, that. No, I think you're right about that. Um, so, you know, again, I don't know, you know, right now they're in the last spot with, they can only drop two. So mm-hmm. they would be third getting Leo Carlson as your consolation. Correct. Prize. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. If you fall out of that top three, mm-hmm. uh, then the re- rebuild gets slows yeah, it gets down, tricky. you know, yeah. and then do I really need Chikrin in two years having to sign you know, an, an eight or nine million dollar deal when I've got Seth also at nine yeah. and a half. And and I, I think by all accounts, if we're being honest with ourselves, he's not playing at that level. And I, I don't know if he ever will. Uh, Pat, that's a great counter argument. <laughs> that's a great counter argument. Uh, so, yeah, maybe you do have to wait. Until, but it depends on what the price is. I would certainly give yeah. up a first and, you know, and I figure out a guy if it's Vlasic. It's obviously not going to be Korchinski, but they have classic they'll mash like i don't know who it should be i'm not picking out a name of those guys that are i like what i saw from isaac the, l- the little glimpses that yeah. i've seen of him yeah and that pass he made to after see he's, he's a big strong nice. kid too yeah, yeah he, i mean i think i think as far as ian mitchell's future with this franchise looks looks kind of bleak it, it does it does look bleak yeah. i like him me um, too he, he he doesn't fit a lot of the criteria of what they're yeah. trying you know he's not a big guy he's not defensively and you kind of if you listen to luke and you kind of yeah well, you know, he, he's scratched uh yeah. in the last game if uh, you just go by that yeah that's that's a pretty good indicator but you know guys get scratched yeah uh, you know to me i was really hoping and maybe he still will uh speaking of seattle i uh, i was hoping he would turn into uh to vince dunn so the the guy he was vince dunn was like a third pair guy uh, power play type guy for for St. Louis for a long time, and was you know in on the outside looking in a lot. They had a lot of defensemen with Pareko and Petrangelo when they were really humming, and he just couldn't really break through. So he gets lost in the expansion draft, and now he's you know plays a lot of minutes for a very good team. And I I kind of when I looked at and he's undersized, he's not like the most explosive skater. He's not like and he's a lot of similarities to Mitchell, but he's smart and he plays well. And I, I'm still hoping that Mitchell can develop because I, I am rooting for him because I just think he's a nice boy that I think that, that maybe that could be his arc where it just takes him a little bit longer. Uh, but the Hawks, you know, they 
his contract's up eventually. You know, I think it's maybe this is his last year of his entry, the way things Correct. have gone with COVID. So, and like we said, eventually they're going to have to make room on the roster for the guys that they want to see, whether it's Vlasic or Kaiser coming from Duluth, who's, you know, I think he's, he's in his third year. So I'm sure they'll make a big push to sign him. So it's going to be interesting to see how, how that, how that they reshuffle the deck on the prospect pool for, for defensemen. But I, you know, and like we said, remember UZ and Mitchell as an example. He was hyped to the moon. He had a huge World Junior. He was a high draft. He was a high second round pick. Previous regime though was doing the hype. To- sure, but right. but every organization yeah. does that yeah. to a degree. And and then you know you national champion at Denver, one of the best players in college hockey. And sometimes even how doesn't matter how great you are at that next level, you can't quite hack it at the NHL for whatever reason. And again, I'm rooting for Ian Mitchell. I'm not throwing dirt on him, but like you just never know. You know about Chickering. So that's where it's like he's proven it. He's been in the NHL for six years. You know, he came in as an eighteen-year-old rookie defenseman, which is exceptionally rare. And he's he's been an effective player. So you can you can be like, all right, if we're building out the core of our next group, well, now we have we have a guy. And I, and whether Jones is a worth nine and a half million. I think it's hard to look good on this team. Like we say, same kind of uh, thing that we afforded to Patrick Kane. I think you can afford a little bit of that to Seth Jones as well. And so if you, if he's certainly a top four defenseman, is he overpaid? Probably, uh, but he's certainly still going to be a top four defenseman. Chickren's a top four. Kaczynski's a top four. And now it's like if you have Bedard, if you have Kane, you have you know it starts it starts to kind of come together a little bit. So you mentioned if you have Bedard and you have Kane, um, look, let's let's get into that a little bit here because. With the uncertainty of this injury that Patrick's going through, we don't know exactly how this season is going to play out. We don't know if that is going to throw a curveball into a possible trade. Uh, if, for some reason, Patrick sticks around and the lottery balls fall in the favor of the mm-hmm. Blackhawks and they do indeed land Connor Bedard, uh, it sounds like 88 could be all in to, to possibly stay here for the rest of his career. So Bedard... Uh, went to the BioSteel camp in Toronto with some of the elite players in the game before mm-hmm. training camp began. And I asked Patrick Kane this week if you know the player he saw at the BioSteel camp has even improved over the last three. And what did you think of his performance at the World Juniors? Here's what Kane had to say in Bedard. Well, I mean, he's he's coming down to this BioSteel camp with you know some of the best players in the league and. Uh, I would say he was one of the guys that really stuck out. You know, he's, um, you never really know, like, those young kids, how they're going to do, especially um, <clears throat> coming in you're with a bunch of NHL players that have had success, a bunch of guys that uh, have experience, have been in the league a long time, and he seemed to me like he was very confident, very, uh, I think there was one play in uh in camp, he had like a two-on-one with McDavid, and he looked off McDavid and took a shot, so he's like, <laughs> We were all kind of laughing on the bench, but um, yeah, he's. I think the thing with him is he moves so well laterally. He's obviously everyone talks about a shot and his ability to shoot from different different angles and and off you know a different foot each time. But um, uh, man, his the way he moves laterally is is what gives him that space to be able to do that. So pretty impressive. Um, and uh, you know, I think everyone's kind of wondering how how is he going to do at the next level? How is he going to be? You know, from what I saw, it's kind of, uh, I think it's all right there. He's going to be special. Wherever he lands, do you think he accelerates whatever rebuild that team is going through? You would think so, right? I mean, that's kind of the hope of, uh, of a top pick. Uh, 
And it's not like he's going to be like a first overall pick that's going to have to, you know, wait a year or two, right? He's going to come right in and, and be a difference maker right away. So, um, yeah, I could see that for sure. Connor, you you can stay in the Kane guest room as long as you want until mm-hmm. you decide where you want to live. If, if you don't mind watching. I, I really appreciate you planting those seeds. How Did good you like that? Oh, yeah. I that, saw your face. Yeah, that was for yeah. you, plant, Chief. Plant those seeds like that. Like, dream about it, Kaner. Dream about what it would mean to play, you know, because Bedard wears 98 in uh, in the for Regina. So 88 to 98, that can be the connection. That's the next thing. Well, you know, it, it's a look into the future. How great would that be? That's probably another 1,000 points for Kane playing with him for another four years. Like, that, like that, that has to excite you. Like and you could say it does certainly somebody. I mean, it would it would excite anybody. Mm-hmm. But a a a hockey nerd. Yeah. A, 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 I mean, this guy. Did you hear him? Break, he breaks. Oh, he knows. He breaks Moves these guys down. And he's yeah, like, he gets it. He does get it. Yeah. And so I think he would appreciate, it. especially a guy who, other than with Artemi Panarin, mm-hmm. and you can say Alex DeBrinket. That's it. It's been a revolving door. I don't want to take everything away from the guys that he's played with, but but like it's not like he's been out there with Malkin. No, no. I mean, and, and it's like what, what were the times where he was the most dynamic? It's like they they were. It seemed like the last regime kind of always catered the moves to like get Johnny going. You know, right. it was Sod. It was that was, Hosa. The whole, that was the whole thought on the Panarin right. Sod exactly, and, and it was just like you know what. Whoever we get for Kane, pick up Brad Richards at you know a million bucks. You know, let him chase a cup and put him as Kane center. And you could argue that was Kane's best center he ever had. So like that. So you need like the opportunity to Kane to play with a truly elite talent, uh, which is not really. You mentioned he's, he's so blessed to play here for fifteen years. He had two years with Panarin. And he had who was the center, the Russian center that uh, Anisimov. Anisimov. Yeah. I mean, like Eddie, uh, park your butt in front of the net and let those two guys cook, <laughs> and you get some points. Centered the rookie of the year yeah. and the MVP. Yeah, and him. I had you to. I needed you to remind me his name, right? Because it was there was that one classic. It's still on YouTube where they just basically play. They're playing the Islanders, and they just play catch in the zone for like forty five seconds. And yeah. I don't think Anisimov left the crease. No, like no. he was just park your butt right there and wait for something to go off he your. He had shin a pads. lot of goals that year, and I. I don't think one of them left the ice. Yeah, like hit, they were all scored from from yep. two feet in front of the paint to in the paint. Maybe not even off his stick. Yeah, it was no, just like not. yeah. So he, just, I want it would be so great to see them. And I was only half joking about the DeBrinket thing too because he's not having a great year up in Ottawa. He, I think that he was probably well. He's having a he's having a pretty good year. He's not having a forty goal year. He's not having a forty goal year. Like it's a it's a drastic. I think he's got like fourteen goals. I think he's on pace for like twenty eight this year. And I think part of the equation for the trade was like, hey, we're not going to pay to bring it ten million dollars a year. They probably would have given him eight. I would guess. I bet you if if they could have been like, hey, we think we can get him for for an eight year deal or buy eight an eight million a year, maybe they do it. He's maybe that's on the table now. And, you know, like we said, the cap's going up, the money's coming off the books, and maybe you just say, like, we're going to cobble something together here. We got Bedard, we got the Brinka, we got Kane, we got Chikrin, we, we, have, we have Nazar coming, we have some things coming our way, going our way, that it, all of a sudden, you're not necessarily the worst team in hockey. And so, like, this, you know, 
Davidson is, you know, you're on the clock now. Like everyone, you know, you had to do the teardown, but it's, I don't know how long we've been waiting eight years for this team to be good. I don't want to wait that long. So if you get, I'll, I'll stomach it for Bedard, but if it's not Bedard, you better start making some moves to get this team, you know, back to being watchable again. And this to me seems like you can, you can start to piece together some things. And I do think when, you know, Hosa doesn't come here if Taves and Kane aren't here. So you're going to be able to get some and splash some money around uh, in a year or two if you have some building blocks and you, you know, if you get some nice pieces this summer, it's going to be a lot easier. Debrinkit in 41 games, 38 points, 14 and 24. Uh, Brady Kachuk, 41 points in 41 mm-hmm. games. So, I mean, look, they've been a disappointment. Yeah. The fact that they were allegedly kicking the tires on Seth Jones... Uh, is, is, it's interesting. It's interesting, yeah. to say the least. <laughs> to say the least. Uh, so, coming up next, let's get into the Lucas Reichel situation. You don't understand why he was sent to Rockford, and I have a counter-argument to, to why that was done. We'll get into that next. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000, brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. The Hockey Show. When you're at home, don't miss Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Rolling on to the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. With Barstool Chief, I am Pat Boyle. We're sponsored by the Chicago Wolves. They're on the road tonight, kicking off a six-game road trip against the Grand Rapids Griffins. Back home in late January, January 28th, to take on Rockford. And speaking of Rockford, Lucas Reichel is back with the Rockford Ice Hogs after playing three games Mm -hmm. with the Blackhawks. They won all three. Uh, his first two, very noticeable. Second game, a three-point performance. Could best have been player five. on the ice. Yeah, best yeah. player on the ice, for yeah. sure. Uh, what did you think? Did you finally, like, light bulb? Like, okay, that's, that's, that's a guy. what I was waiting to see. And for him, that confidence level that clicks at different times for NHL players mm-hmm. seemed to, to be put into the on switch for him. Totally. He was doing the things that he does best. So he was, you know... He was attacking the blue line with speed. He, he too, was moving pretty well laterally, creating space that way. You could tell that he, he thinks the game pretty well uh, with some of the passes uh, he was making, the vision he has. Like There's a lot of creativity to his game. He looked for the first time, to me, like a guy you could pencil in as a top six winger. And, um, and, and that was so encouraging to see. And I do think it's there is an element of, and I, again, I could be wrong, but now he's what his second year as a pro mm-hmm. and he's done a, he's been a point per game guy down in Rockford at some point especially as a skill guy it's like playing tennis you can't get better playing tennis if you're playing against somebody that you're so much better than or or so much be- playing with players that you're so much better than if he's going to take his game to the next level there ha- he has to be at the next level and i don't see how he's going to get better forever playing another 30 games or whatever at Rockford, like give him some more NHL burn unless it's just like, hey, we, we need to cut this winning stuff out. Uh, if that's part of the equation, I don't know. Yeah, but. well, I mean, obviously it also has to do with Kane returning and, and the numbers mm-hmm. game, but they do put a value in playing meaningful games. And you can say that he's going to play in more meaningful hockey games 
even though it's at the AHL level with Rockford, then he is going to be playing with the Blackhawks this year. And he's going to be the go-to guy. Expected to perform on the meaningful game stage. Counter-argument would be he's pretty close to being the guy in Chicago. Like, they don't have a ton of offense. Well, uh, let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. Do you think some of his success was part and parcel to not being on the ice with 88 and deferring to him the last three games? Possibly. Okay. okay. But at the same time, hey, man, if if you want to be on a line with Bedard, what do you got? You got to just learn how to play. You got to learn how to play with elite players, and you're not going to get that. Uh, at Rockford, so and the bit the oh he's going to play in more meaningful games down there, probably. There's no law that says you can't send him back down for the playoffs, but he should get some NHL. Yeah, time. I was surprised he didn't see power play one time with the Blackhawks. I I, I thought you know the little bit he gets yeah. out in that second unit. Now look, he had some chemistry with Khrushchev, mm-hmm. and you know they both speak German, and you know there seems to be some yeah. hockey translation out there, communication that, that seems to be working between those two. Uh, but yeah, that was the one question mark I had. I thought you know, on this power play, like, why wouldn't you try him up yeah. there? I mean, that's and, and that's what he's going to get in Rockford. He's going to play those type of meaningful minutes where up here, I was like, eh, get in the last 20. Yeah, I, 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 I just I don't know how much better you can. I mean, how many games does he need in in Rockford before it's just like I have reached. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna get as good as I can get at this level, and I, I think it, it's got to be about that time. Uh, and it's, uh, it, it, and he can clearly hack it at the NHL level. We saw it. And, and Patrick Kane agrees with you. I talked to Kane earlier in the week. Uh, here's 88 on what he saw from Reichel after those. Uh, first two games early in the week. Yeah, he's been, he looks like a different player compared to last year. Um, you know, you can tell uh, when a player's feeling confident. I mean, some guys are saying he looks faster, and I think it's just like, uh, it's just you play with that confidence. There's no hesitation. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think they obviously, you know, did a good thing with them having them in, in Rockford last year and, uh, you know, keeping them there for, for half the year this year. And it seems like, um, you know, he's in a really good spot. So nice to see him play like that. He made some really nice plays and they had a couple other chances I line too. So they were, they were pretty good, uh, especially last game. So that was uh, Kane's glowing comments on what he saw from Reichel as far as, as the confidence kind of clicking. And again, it was uh, against what Arizona, mm-hmm. and who else did they play last week? Mm. Who was his big game against? Yeah, well, that was the Arizona game. Wasn't yeah, it? Was yeah, Arizona yeah. Game, right. So I mean, look, he's that, and that I think that's Cal- Calgary game was before that when he yeah. had five shots on goal. Yep, which is you know, which is not something to sneeze at either. Like he's he's creating chances, he's carrying the puck, he's he's an effective player. If he's creating opportunities at the net, the Calgary game was the one where he had the three points and the five shots. So, okay. yeah, so he's he's a to me it looks like, and we've he, I I don't bump bump Anthony see you down or but do whatever you have to do, but he he deserves, and I mean that, and I am a, a person who believes in getting things based on merit. It's not like oh he's our first round pick, we should just throw him in. He's ready and he's earned it. He, to me, he spent enough time down there, and you got to get him playing. 
with better players and getting that confidence at the NHL level. And if you think that he's a guy for the future and you're worried about, well, he's, you know, Patrick Kane, he's better without Patrick Kane, I think that's silly. And you, and if he is going, if he does have that kind of mental hurdle right now, I would stick him with Patrick Kane every single time until that's gone. And it, it's like exposure therapy and get the absolute most out of him, let him learn, and then start, you know, you got to have guys who can hit the ground running when this thing gets back on the rails. Well, he's going to be back playing center in Rockford. I think he's going to be a winger at the NHL level. But as a centerman in Rockford, more responsibility away from the puck, develop that game more. And look, you'll play in those meaningful games. You'll be the go-to guy. Your chest will continue to be puffed out so that when you come back here, and you are playing with 88. It's kind of like when Bedard looked off Connor McDavid yeah. at Biosteel. Totally. He had the stones to do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if every player, I, well, look, I know every player doesn't. I've very seen it time rare. and again for 16 yeah. years. Whoever you put out there, whoever wins the lottery ticket who's playing with Kane tonight, I look at him like, that doesn't work. I mean, they, they, they're passing the puck when they should be shooting. Shooting when they should be passing, and yeah, it, it you second guess yourself because yeah. your first instinct is to just get the puck to eighty eight, and you know DeBrinket and Strom went through that too. I agree. Okay, and and they didn't just send them away. It was let's just let we think this is going to work, and if you close your eyes, it's like Kane and DeBrinket should work together. Okay, and I don't think that. You know, their skill sets complement each other. I don't think Reichel and Kane's complement each other to that degree, but they're two very talented guys who, and I think Reichel's hockey sense has gotten noticeably better in this latest run. Like he's making the right plays. Let them, let them play together. And, uh, and I think you don't make people stronger by not exposing them to things. They actually make people weaker. Okay, so make give him like, hey, this is your opportunity. Go out and take it. You're we're putting on you on this line because we believe in you, and we're going to stick with it until you make it happen. And and I think that's and if it's not working, well, guess what? It wasn't working before with whoever. Like no one's been making it work here in Chicago. So just give your your most talented kid an opportunity and some leash, and uh, and I think that's the best path forward. Is Chief going to go through a quick breakup with Kane, or is it going to be a long one? <laughs> That is when he's been kind of long. That that (laughs) is when we return to wrap things up on the hockey show. The 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 hockey show. Pat Boyle hosts Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. The hockey show on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Back here on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000, sponsored by the Chicago Wolves. Thanks to our producer, Kendra Smith. White Sox Weekly is in the on-deck circle. All right, Chief, we've been uh, talking a lot about Patrick Kane and his future. He's supposed to return to the lineup tonight against Seattle after missing the last three games with that lower body injury, the same injury that he's been been dealing with the last couple of years. How do you think this thing's going to play out? I, I I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I my listening to your interview with him and and I watched it too. So I, I, I listened to it and watched it, and and it's just like the tone of the voice, the body language, and and I'm probably reading way too much into it. But it does sound like he he's kind of ready. So I I do think that it's maybe you know he's going to want to stay healthy. He's going to want to showcase some uh, 
you know, if, if he has any doubters that he's going to be like, no, I'm Patrick Kane. You're getting Pat, you're getting 88 and uh, Superman, Captain America, all that. You're getting that if you trade for him. And I, th- I think they'll end up trading him. I think they'll end up trading him. Do you think it's hard to even say this, this injury could throw a, a major curveball in that? Yeah. I mean, if it's a lingering thing, if he has, it, that's, I would be, I would be, if I were the Hawks and Kane, and it depends on, they might have different goals in the next 48 days. But if it was me, I would be extremely cautious because if you start him up and shut him down again, well, then that's a, that's a death nail, you know? So it's almost like he better be really ready to go and be Patrick Kane. Otherwise, you're just risking, uh, maybe the market dries up. Maybe they're, you know, you don't get what you thought you were. And maybe Kane actually is just too hurt, and he doesn't get the opportunity to, to play meaningful hockey. And that would, you know, that I think that's what he really wants. He wants right. to play big big minutes, big moments uh, in the playoffs. And if, if this is a thing where he's hurt prior to the deadline again, well, then it's just like, who you know, I don't know if teams will be willing to take the risk. Well, hopefully he'll come back and he'll be able to manage this situation. He's been do- dealing with that in the last couple of years when he was putting up a point per game. Uh, Pete keeps himself in incredible shape, and so we'll, we'll see if that happens. If that does, it, it's going to be really interesting because yeah. I think there will be clarity by the end of January. I think by the end of January, both sides will sit down and they'll have a definitive plan. We'll have a body of work of a few weeks of, mm-hmm. okay, where is 88 at physically? And we kind of know where his mind is at after hearing what he had to say and looking at, at him and, and, and talking yeah. about Amanda and Patrick, uh, PK3 being ready, you know, like they're ready to go and do whatever he wants to do. So it, it's really going to be some interesting times. Enjoy them while we have them. Yep. And uh, we just don't know how long that's going to be. Yeah, so I, I'm going to be, I've had these genuine conversations with friends being like, hey, let's pick out a few games in February to make sure we see him before he's gone because, uh, you know, I'm not ready to say goodbye. And I want to see, I want to see a couple more highlights, a couple more special moments and, and just soak it in because guys like him don't come around very often. And that goes for the captain as well. Mm-hmm. And we expect to hear from Jonathan Taves this week. And you'll hear that next week on the Hockey Show. For Barstool Chief, I'm Pat Boyle. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000.